Good evening. I hope you've had a great day today. Welcome to BVJ's Bedtime Stories. I'm Big Voice Jay, and this is a show where we get you ready for a good night's sleep with public domain short stories just for you. Links to all the stories can be found at the show notes at bedtimewithbvj.com. And if you'd like to support the show, there's a buy me a coffee link on every page and post. Tonight's story, A Word for Autumn by A.A. Milne. Last night, the waiter put the celery on with the cheese, and I knew that summer was indeed dead. Other signs of autumn there may be, the reddening leaf, the chill in the early morning air, the misty evenings. But none of these comes home to me so truly. There may be cool mornings in July, in a year of drought, the leaves may change before their time. It is only with the first celery that summer is over. I knew all along that it would not last. Even in April I was saying that winter would soon be here. Yet somehow it had begun to seem possible lately that a miracle might happen, that summer might drift on and on through the months. A final upheaval to crown a wonderful year. The celery settled that. Last night with the celery, autumn came into its own. There is a crispness about celery that is of the essence of October. It is as fresh and clean as a rainy day, after a spell of heat. It crackles pleasantly in the mouth. Moreover, it is excellent, told for the complexion. One is always hearing of things which are good for the complexion, but there is no doubt that celery stands high on that list. After the burns and freckles of summer, one is in need of something. How good that celery should be there at one's elbow. A week ago, a little more cheese, waiter. A week ago, I grieved for the dying summer. I wondered how I could possibly bear the waiting. The eight long months till May. In vain to comfort myself with the thought that I could get through more work in the winter undistracted by the thoughts of cricket grounds and country houses. In vain, equally, to tell myself that I could stay in bed later in the mornings. Even the thought, after breakfast pipes in front of the fire, left me cold. But now, suddenly, I am reconciled to autumn. I see quite clearly that all good things must come to an end. The summer has been splendid but it has lasted long enough. This morning I welcomed the chill in the air. This morning I viewed the falling leaves with cheerfulness. And this morning I said to myself, Why, of course I'll have celery for lunch. More bread, waiter. Season of mists and mellow fruitfulness, said Keats. Not actually picking out celery in so many words, but plainly including it in the general blessings of the autumn. Yet what an opportunity he missed by not concentrating on that precious root. Apples, grapes, nuts, and vegetable marrows he mentioned specially. And how poor a selection! For apples and grapes are not typical of any month. So ubiquitous are they. Vegetable marrows are vegetables, Poirier, eh? and have no place in any serious consideration of the seasons. 
While as for nuts, have we not a national song which asserts distinctly, Here we go gathering nuts in May? Season of mists and mellow celery, then let it be. A pat of butter underneath the bough, a wedge of cheese, a loaf of bread, and thou. How delicate are the tender shoots unfolded layer by layer. Of what a whiteness is the last baby one of all. Of what a sweetness is flavor. It is well that this should be the last rite of the meal. Fini cor not opus. So that we may go straight on to the business of the pipe. Celery demands a pipe rather than a cigar, and it can be eaten better in an inn or a London tavern than in the home. Yes, and it should be eaten alone, for it is the only food which one really wants to hear oneself eat. Besides, in company one may have to consider the wants of others. Celery is not a thing to share with any man. Alone in your country inn you may call for the celery, but if you are wise, you will see that no other traveler wanders into the room. Take warning from one who has learned a lesson. One day I lunched alone at an inn, finishing with cheese and celery. Another traveler came in and lunched too. We did not speak. I was busy with my celery. From the other end of the table, he reached across for the cheese. That was all right. It was the public cheese. But he also reached across for the celery. My private celery for which I owed. Foolishly, you, you know how one does. I had left the sweetest and crispest shoots till the last, tantalizing myself pleasantly with the thought of them. Horror to see them snatched from me by a stranger. He realized later what he had done and apologized. But of what good is an apology in such circumstances? Yet at least the tragedy was not without its value. Now one remembers to lock the door. Yes, I can face the winter with calm. I suppose I had forgotten what it was really like. I had been thinking of the winter as a horrid, wet, dreary time, fit only for professional football. Now I can see other things. Crisp and sparkling days, long pleasant evenings, cheery fires. Good work shall be done this winter. Life shall be lived well. The end of the summer is not the end of the world. Here's to October. And waiter, some more celery. It's about that time for more, uh people to start thinking about more food. And celery is just one of the things that they'll be thinking about. And if you're thinking about food, this is a good time to shop with Instacart. You don't have to make your way to the market. Let the market come to you with Instacart. Go to instacart.com. Ah. Uh, I should have... Enter BVJ in the promo code and it will do absolutely nothing, for this is not a sponsored read. We do have another food-related story for you. The Turnip by the Brothers Grimm. There were once two brothers who both served as soldiers. 
One of them was rich and the other poor. Then the poor one, to escape from his poverty, put off his soldier's coat and turned farmer. He dug and hoed his bit of land and sowed it with turnip seed. The seed came up, and one turnip grew there, which became large and vigorous, and visibly grew bigger and bigger, and seemed as if it would never stop growing. So that it might have been called the Princess of Turnips, for never was such a one seen before, and never will such a one be seen again. At length, it was so enormous that by itself it filled a whole cart, and two oxen were required to draw it. And the farmer had not the least idea what he was to do with the turnip, or whether it would be a fortune to him or a misfortune. At last he thought, If thou sellest it, what wilt thou get for it that is of any importance? And if thou eatest it thyself... Why, the small turnips would do thee just as much good. It would be better to take it to the king and make him a present of it. So he placed it in a cart, harnessed two oxen, took it to the palace and presented it to the king. What strange thing is this, said the king. Many wonderful things have come before my eyes, but never such a monster as this. From what seed can this have sprung, or are you a luck child and have met with it by chance? Ah, no, said the farmer, no luck child am I. I am a poor soldier who, because he could no longer support himself, hung his soldier's coat on a nail and took to farming land. I have a brother who is rich and well known to you, Lord King, but I, because I have nothing, am forgotten by everyone." Then the king felt compassion for him and said, Thou shalt be raised from thy poverty, and shalt have gifts from me, that thou shalt be equal to thy rich brother. Then he bestowed on him much gold, and lands, and meadows, and herds, and made him immensely rich, so that the wealth of the other brother could not be compared with his. When the rich brother heard what the poor one had gained for himself with one single turnip, he envied him and thought in every way how he also could get hold of a similar piece of luck. He would, however, set about it in a much wiser way, and took gold and horses and carried them to the king, and made certain the king would give him a much larger present in return. If his brother had got so much for one turnip, what would he not carry away with him in return for such beautiful things as these? The king accepted his present, and said he had nothing to give him in return that was more rare and excellent than the great turnip. So the rich man was obliged to put his brother's turnip in a cart and have it taken to his home. When there he did not know on whom to vent his rage and anger, until bad thoughts came to him, and he resolved to kill his brother. He hired murderers who were to lie in ambush. And then he went to his brother and said, Dear brother, I know of a hidden treasure. We will dig it up together and divide it between us. The other agreed to this and accompanied him without suspicion. While they were on their way, however, the murderers fell on him, bound him, and would have hanged him to a tree. But just as they were doing this, Loud singing and the sound of a horse's feet were heard in the distance. 
On this, their hearts were filled with terror, and they pushed their prisoner headfirst into the sack, hung it on a branch, and took the flight. He, however, worked up there until he had made a hole in the sack through which he could put his head. The man who was coming by was none other than a traveling student, a young fellow who rode his way through the wood joyously singing his song. When he who was aloft saw that someone was passing below him, he cried, Good day! You have come at a lucky time! The student looked round on every side, but did not know whence the voice came. At last he said, Who calls me? Then an answer came from the top of the tree. Raise your eyes! Here I sit aloft in the sack of wisdom. In a short time have I learnt great things. Compared with this, all schools are a jest. In a very short time I shall have learnt everything and shall descend wiser than all other men. I understand the stars and the signs of the zodiac and the tracks of the winds, of the sand and of the sea, of the healing of illness and the virtues of all birds, herbs and stones. If you were once within it, you would feel what noble things issue forth from the sack of knowledge. The student, when he heard all this, was astonished and said, Blessed be the hour in which I have found thee. May not I also enter the sack for a little while? He who was above replied as if unwillingly, For a short time I will let you get into it, if you reward me and give me good words. But you must wait an hour longer, for one thing remains which I must learn before I do it. When the student had waited a while, he became impatient, and begged to be allowed to get in at once. His thirst for knowledge was so very great. So he who was above pretended at last to yield and said, In order that I may come forth from the house of knowledge, you must first let it down by the rope, and then you shall enter it. So the student let the sack down, untied it, and set him free, and then cried, Now draw me up at once, and was about to get into the sack. Halt, said the other, that won't do, and took him by the head and put him upside down into the sack, fastened it, and drew the disciple of wisdom up the tree by the rope. Then he swung him in the air and said, How goes it with thee, my dear fellow? Behold, already thou feelest wisdom coming, and art gaining valuable experience. Keep perfectly quiet until thou becomest wiser. Thereupon he mounted the student's horse and rode away. But in an hour's time sent someone to let the student out again. In the in the ongoing attempt to quest in the ongoing attempt to quench our thirst for knowledge, we might need to watch out for various pitfalls along the way. One great place for loads of knowledge is Coursera. You can learn all kinds of things from Coursera from the comfort of your couch. Enter BBJ in the promo code and it will do absolutely nothing.
for this is not a sponsored read. I would like to remind you that we're always on the hunt for great stories like these to feature on the show. You can send your story suggestions to bigvoicej at gmail.com. We've got a YouTube channel full of stories from the show. Go to tiny.cc slash bedtime. Don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps to spread the word that we're putting people to sleep every single night. And if you'd like to support the show, there's a Buy Me a Coffee link on every page and post. Thank you so much for listening. Good night. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>